0: It's always a joy to be here. We feel like this is home. Turn to somebody and say, this can be home for you. Yeah, maybe it is home for you. Some of you might be here this morning and you're not sure if this is home. You're new. This is a safe place. It's a good place. And we so appreciate having come to know your pastors J.B. and Char, and um, the other day, I'm going to tell a little story, the other day, Pastor J.B. was over at my office, and I said, you know, can I serve you tea or whatever, I have a little Keurig machine, you know, we put these little pods in, and he said, you know, I just like some clean hot water and be good, and so um, here's me. I wasn't thinking, I was so excited about him being there. I wasn't thinking properly. And I left the former coffee pod in the Keurig and ran the water through a second hand as it were. Pod a Keurig pod. And he didn't say anything, you know, but he had this weak coffee rather than hot water. (laughs) Didn't say a thing about it, but he left a little bit in the bottom. And when I went to wash the cup, I noticed, hey, this this had coffee in it. Pastor JB, you're such a gracious man. (laughs) So gracious, he should have said, hey, this is coffee, I want water. (laughs) Uh, In a restaurant, you would do that, I would think, you know, but this wasn't a restaurant, it's just my little corner. Anyway, we have lots of fun, and um, it, it's great to be part of the family of God and, and be forgiven and enjoy the love of God. Pastor JB asked if I would, would kind of deal with the Christmas story today. So we're going to do a lot of reading of the story, and, and one of the things that we did with our family uh, when our children were growing up, right, from the earliest age, uh, we had a fireplace, a real fireplace in our house. We, we burned real wood, and you could hear the sparks and all that kind of stuff. And we would sit by the fireplace, and uh, on Christmas Eve was was the time for us because uh, my background being European, we celebrated Christmas Eve more than Christmas Day. Although Sandra's family, uh, they celebrated Christmas Day. But, you know, because I'm the leader in the home, it would we just... I did it my way. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we uh, would sit around the fire, but before there were any gifts, the gifts were under the tree and, and the children were in anticipation of what they would find. Before anything happened like that, we would read the Christmas story. Matthew chapter 1, Luke chapter 2. And then we would go around the circle once the children were old enough. And then, of course, later we had grandchildren would join. And we had a larger family with the uh, next generations coming in. And we would go around the circle and we would uh, give thanks for how good God was to us in the former year that we were just celebrating And so Christmas has been a very memorable time because we did center it in Christ, and our family understood the Christmas story, and it was Jesus that was all in all to us. And and so as we're here today, maybe we can kind of imagine that there's a fire kind of burning in the corner here somewhere, and uh, how many of you see the fire over there? (laughs) Just imagine that, and we're just ha- kind of having a family time here this morning as we read this story, and I'm going to make a few comments this morning. And so I want to talk today about the Christmas story and its meaning. Before I, I get into that, uh, there's a verse I don't believe that we have on the uh, on the overhead, and it's Galatians chapter 4, where it says, In the fullness of time was come, when the fullness of time was come, God Sent forth his son made of a virgin, and so on and um, we we see that it was a very important time in history when Jesus came to this earth, and uh, at that time, there was a lot of stuff that was going on that was not good, and it was really necessary that Jesus would invade. That time, at that time, I'm going to say something about that a little bit later. There's, there, there are distorted meanings today over Christmas. You know, some people think that Christmas is just a, a big party and Jesus is never brought into the story or into the scene. It's just about party time. And so, you know, people drink heavy and some so much so that they hardly even remember Christmas, for some people, it's just a lot of commercial stuff where you go shopping and spend money sometimes that you don't even have. And then uh, people feel a pinch or the pain after. And that's not what Christmas is about. Some have said, let's take Christ out of Christmas. And so they put an X in front of the MAS, and that's Christmas. And we do not believe that. We believe that Christ needs to be the center of it all. Ever since the rebellion of Lucifer in Isaiah chapter 14 and the fall of man, there's been a longing for a remedy or solution for fallen man and a fallen world. But we know that the solution came when God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to earth and that is the Christmas story. And the Bible tells us that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but they would have everlasting life. They'd have eternal life. Bible also says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil are destructive. They are deceptive. And Jesus came to straighten that out so that we would have a clear perspective on what life is all about, what the purpose of God is all about, and what eternity is all about. <clears throat> so we believe, again, that this, th- there was a perfect time for this to happen. The Bible tells us that God makes everything beautiful in its time. And so it says in Galatians 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. <laughs> the world at that time was in chaos. Rome held the world in its iron claw, as it were, and there was a lot of bondage politically and personally. You read Romans chapter 1, and you see the degradation of of mankind during that time when Paul addresses this. It is not nice. It is not good. The world at that time, under Roman rule, was very perverted. You see, the, the world needed another kind of ruler. And we believe that ruler came and his name is and was Jesus. Isn't that good? Can you say amen? It's good that he came. Man had sunk into the lowest of the low, but good news was coming at that time because Jesus was now manifest in the world. <clears throat> I want to just take it piece by piece and uh individual by individual. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about different people and read about them in the Bible. Here this morning. First of all, Joseph. There is this angelic appearance to Joseph, and we pick that up in Matthew chapter one, verses eighteen to twenty-three. And I believe it'll be on the on the screen. And I'm going to ask you to read. We're going to read together this morning. So uh, we're we're in this together. Turn to somebody and say, "We're in this together." There we go. Okay, let's start here now. Matthew one eighteen to twenty-five. All together. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until the birth Son, And he gave him the name Jesus. There we go. So there is this appearance to Joseph that happens by an angel. God is giving him a message. And he's quite, you know, he's quite shocked by all of this. Uh, Mary was engaged to Joseph to be married. It was the time... They called it an espousal time, and during that period of time, they were were committed to marriage, but the marriage was not consummated at that time. But he discovers he hasn't had anything to do with Mary uh, on that kind of romantic level or uh, intimate level. He discovers that Mary is with child and Joseph is a, is a just man. And he says, you know, uh, what kind of girl did I get involved with here? I mean, I discover she's pregnant, and I've had nothing to do with her to cause her pregnancy. Do I want to have a woman like that in my life? But then we discover that the message from heaven comes to him through an angel. Do not fear to take Mary because what has happened to her is this. The Holy Spirit has been involved with her and the Holy Spirit is causing her to have a child. Wow. Somebody say, wow. And this one that would be born will be a savior, and he will be Emmanuel, God with us. Now, let's go over to the Mary side of the story. The angel and Mary. Let's read Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 35. Let's read it together. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. There we are. What a story. What a story. Mary is wondering herself what is going on. I mean, Joseph's in this story, and, you know, he's upset by what is taking place he gets the message which sets the record straight and now mary mary is getting the record straight that she will give birth to a son and she will call his name will be called jesus he will be great he will be the son of the highest and he shall reign and there will be no end to his kingdom somebody say wow It's amazing. And it'll happen this way. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you'll be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, and this holy thing, birth, will be called the Son of God. Now, we're going to go on to the birth this morning and read about that. Jesus is born in a stable, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and verse 6 to 7. While they were there, let's read it together. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Wow. I want to make a comment here this morning. Uh, some other versions say that she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. I used to have the notion, just because of how the stage was set in the plays, that it was a wonderful, soft, hoodie kind of blanket that Jesus was was uh, wrapped in, and, uh, and that's how he was cared for in that moment and then laid in, a, in the manger in that cave or that place where they tucked themselves away, away from the elements and away from the wild. But swaddling clothes actually were strips of cloth, Strips of cloth that were used in the when somebody had died and there was a burial that was taking place, they would take these strips of cloth and put them around that person. And that's what Jesus was bound up in at his birth, which may have signified his death even at his birth. So he was wrapped in these strips of cloth and there's many different things that are 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 said about that some said that those strips of cloth were carried with a woman who was about to have child because many mothers did not make it in childbirth therefore they were there prepared even for the death of that mother should that happen there's many again speculations and things and from uh, history that could be said around this, so I want you to get the right picture this morning that Jesus was in these in, in in these cloths that were wound around him some said they they would also wind these cloths around a baby so that a baby could not scratch themselves etc etc i mean there's all kinds of things that could be said around that except i did want to clarify that this morning and so they she brought her firstborn wrapped him in swaddling clothes uh, or in cloths and then laid him in the manger because there was no room for him in the inn as another translation puts it now let's go on to another part of the story this morning we're going to talk about the angels the angels and God's glory visit, visit the shepherds. Let's go to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, and we'll read that together. <clears throat> and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Let's say that, that last part again, for all the people. For all the people. One more time. For all the people. Not just a few people, but for all the people. Okay. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests." When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. manifest around this time not only angelic uh, beings but the glory of god is there amazing amazing what god was doing around this time we're going to draw an application from that just a little bit later let's go now to the wise men Now, to get the story straight here, because again, we have different ways this story is kind of condensed into one story and and so forth. You know, many times we see the shepherds there and then the wise men arise immediately. But in truth, it is about one to two years later that the wise men find their way to find Jesus. And so we want to make sure we're Correct in our understanding of this so there's the wise men and we're going to talk about Herod And so on in this story Let's read this part Now as we have it there Matthew 2 After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star, and it rose, and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the peoples, chief priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him, and they opened their treasures and presented with him frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. And they stayed until the death of... So the, the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then was said throughout, the prophet is fulfilled, a voice... in weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. Well, here, another great component of this story. they were asking, "Where is he? We have seen his die. They came into the house and they worshipped him, and they presented unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, of course, this whole thing with Egypt takes place, where Jesus is taken because his life was threatened. And we know the enemy wants to destroy. He always wanted to destroy the seed. He wanted to destroy Christ. And of course, the enemy thought that he had destroyed Christ when Jesus went to the cross, but he only put him into the grave to be resurrected a little bit later, three days later. However, we find this is a very, very... Challenging story. And uh, the wise men and Herod in in Matthew chapter 2 were returned not to were warned not to return to Herod. And Joseph was instructed to leave. Herod, this very insecure man, destroys the young boys, all of the young boys in the land, up to two years of age, because he wanted to get this Jesus. And then we read at last that that uh, Herod dies. Now, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, they return to Ma- Nazareth in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 23. Now, I want to conclude with this this morning. What is the meaning and what is the message in all of this? I want to give you four things that I felt were fitting this morning. Number one, the heavenly... Beings and that whole phenomena who repeatedly attended this time, a virgin birth, signs in the heavens, they are telling us this. And let's say this together the most important person ever has arrived. That's the essence of this story. The most important person ever has arrived on planet Earth when Jesus arrived. God did and still does amazing things to get our attention concerning the most important things and the most important people in our lives. And I mean... He moved the heavens. There were so many angelic encounters. There was so much supernatural stuff happening around all of this that said, hey, there's someone that's very important that has come, and there's something that is very important that is happening. This is my beloved son. Hear him. The father said that concerning Jesus. And I believe he's still saying that today. That this is my son. Pay attention to him. Jesus is so important. And the purposes around him are so meaningful and so important. Number two, this important person was called Jesus. Jesus means Savior. He shall save his people from their sins. Jesus, uh, the name Jesus is taken from Joshua or Jeshua, which means the Lord is our salvation. The meaning in the message of his name is this. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. You know, there's nothing else that can save us. There's not works. There's not efforts. There's not another person. It's Jesus only that can save us from sin. This is so important for us to to, to to understand and to comprehend. A lot of people go through life and they say, well, if I do this and I do that, or if I have a good philosophy, you know, maybe I'll make it into heaven one day. But they have no assurance. There's nothing sure. It's all just uh, conjectures of, 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 of human beings that, and the human mind hoping that maybe this might work or that might. Hey, we don't want to just have some kind of experiment about eternal life. We don't want to die and not know where we're ending up. We want to die and know where we're going. And when we know Jesus Christ, we know we have a Savior. When we embrace Jesus Christ, we know that we have hope of eternal life and we can be sure of eternal life. Paul, I mean, John wrote that you may know that you have eternal life. And we can have eternal life as we know Jesus because he is our one and only Savior. He brought to us a saving word, he brought to us a saving life, he brought to us a saving death, he brought to us a saving resurrection. This is our Jesus. This is the meaning and this is the message. The important person was called Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. Also, he was called Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. When Jesus came, it was God. He was God manifest in the flesh. He was very God. And he was very man. He was the great I am. Before Abraham was, I am. You know, in the book of Hebrews, you read about all the heroes of faith. And they were all great. But Jesus eclipsed them all. And that's the whole message of the book of Hebrews. That Jesus is greater than. He is better than. Repeatedly. The writer of Hebrews says Jesus is better than, better than, better than, better than. He is greater than. There is no other. There is no one that can re- replace Jesus in terms of our salvation or having God with us. you got Jesus in your life, you've got God in your life. If you've got Jesus in your home, you've got God in your home. You've got real hope in your home when you have Jesus in your home. If you've got Jesus in your business, then you've got God in your business. You've got a God involvement. Jesus coming brought God to be with us in every component of our living and all that we do and all that we say. Manuel, God with us. Number three, on the meaning in the message, the shepherds and wise men. And I put it this way, the lowly the most educated and wise, they all need Jesus. It doesn't matter who we are. You might say this morning, oh, I'm just a lowly person. You know, I was born in a poor village. Nobody knew about me, just my mom and my dad, or maybe in some instances might have even just been our mom that knew about us because sometimes fathers run away. And, and you think, is there any hope for me? Well, I have good news for you today the lowly, the most educated, and wise. We all need Jesus, and Jesus brings significance into our lives. Therefore, we come to worship him. We come to receive him. We come to embrace him. We bring everything we have to him, and we make him Lord and King of our lives. You know, on the, on the, on the flip side, when people become educated and when they become wise... In this in terms of what is in this world they often think I've got it together I really don't need you know a savior look these wise men they were astrologer priests they were the wisest of the wise the wise men from the East they came to acknowledge Jesus After he had been born, they saw the star. The star led to to Jesus. And they brought their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they presented them to Jesus. Because Jesus is the one deserving of all worship, of all adoration. He's the one who is deserving of the very, very best and even our intelligence, we lay our intelligence at His feet and we worship Him. Whether lowly, educated, wise, unwise, we all need Jesus. Therefore, we come to worship Him. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10, says this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Whether we're wise men, ordinary, in between, really doesn't matter whoever we are at the name of jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue should confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father oh may he get all the glory during this season can you say amen Finally the meaning in the message of Jesus is this the systems and rulers of this world who want to rule independent of god will die like herod and his son herod might have thought well i have a legacy i've got a son he'll live out he'll 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 he'll, he'll live out his life in such a way that he'll carry out my plans but they both died And all of their plans died. And even his clever plans to destroy Jesus, those were destroyed. He was not so smart in the end. That all got kiboshed. So the systems and rulers of this world who want to rule independent of God will die. However, our King Jesus, he's going to live on and on and on forever and ever and ever because he is the eternal God. He is the eternal one. He is the self-existent one. He is the great I am. He was, he is, and he forevermore shall be who he is, the great I am. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 Puts it this way. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. Not on Herod's shoulders. Not on some earthly king's shoulders. But the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The mighty God the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of His government, there will be no end. And He's going to establish His government, and it'll last forever. It'll last forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isn't that good news to know that we've got that kind of king that's not gonna die the one I'm submitting my life to and one the government I am trusting in the one I'm trusting to govern my life and to govern our world I'm not worried about entrusting it to him because he's such a good king such a good king thank God we're not calling you to submit your life this morning to acknowledge a person this morning like Herod who is cruel just for his own ego and just so that he can preserve his own kingship. He says, I'm going to kill all the boys under two years of age in the nation. How many of you want a king like that? None of us. On the contrary, we have a wonderful king. His name is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. He loves every person. He's not here to destroy, but he's here to save. He's here to give us life and life more abundant. He's come to give us eternal life. This life, the Bible tells us, this is eternal life, and and that life is in God's Son, Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 32 and 38. We see Simeon and Anna in the temple. They're old-timers. They're they're people that have been around for a long time, but they had a desire. They, They didn't want to die, especially Simeon. He didn't want to die until he saw the Lord's Christ. And he had the privilege of taking Jesus into his arms. And what did he say? He said, now my eyes have seen thy salvation a light to lighten the gentiles and the hope of your people israel oh what a day that was for simeon can you imagine to have jesus in his arms savior emmanuel god with us king of kings lord of lords and the increase of his government shall never end the full potential was not seen or realized in the, in the hands of Simeon as he was dedicating Jesus in the temple. However, the potential would break forth exponentially as time would move on. Jesus would be more and more who he was intended to be before the eyes of the people At 12 years of age he would engage the lawyers and the doctors with wisdom that was way beyond his years then he worked in a carpenter's shop with his father joseph then he entered into his years of miraculous ministries where the deaf heard and the blind saw, received their sight and the lame walked and he proved himself over and over to be this marvelous savior master king commanded the the waves of the sea to cease when they were in raging storm what a wonderful Jesus we have Our Jesus will live on. That's why the Christmas story and its meaning is really even capsulized in many, many songs that have been written, wonderful songs like this one. Oh, come let us adore him. For he alone is worthy. We'll give him all the glory. Who? Christ. Christ the Lord. You may be here this morning and this is new news to you. Maybe this, this story was never read directly from the Bible to you like this to be made simple and plain. Maybe you've never acknowledged Jesus for who he is because you haven't known, but now you know. I believe the Holy Spirit is working this morning in our hearts to admire and to adore Jesus. I want to conclude by telling a story this morning. You know, we can we can speak truth, but I want to tell you a, a quick story about somebody that walked into a Christmas service. It would probably be about twenty years ago. We had a Christmas Day service, and we invited church and community to come into that service. And I said it was a miracle service all the time because we got done the service in 55 minutes. (laughs) For us, it was a miracle to have a, a service that was that short. And there were people that wandered in from the community. And this one man, I spotted him that Christmas morning in the service. I thought, I never saw this man before. This man was a mainline heroin addict in his life for many years. Spent many years in prison in New Westminster here in the Vancouver area. Basically, lived a life that was hopeless, messed up. And now he was in his late 40s, but he looked like he was in his 60s. And we preached a simple message about Jesus like we're sharing here this morning. This man never really heard a clear, plain gospel message about Jesus Christ. That morning, upon the invitation to invite Christ into his life, he did that. And his life was marvelously transformed. no longer be a heroin addict but to start on a road of discipleship, to be a follower of Jesus Christ and to be trained in the things of God. His name was Bob Scott. He became a great inspiration to us. Right after he became saved, my wife and I, we normally wouldn't bring a drug addict into our home to live with us, but we felt before God that we should have him come and live in our home. We happened to have a, a nice suite in the basement of our new home. For him, this was like moving to heaven because he lived on the streets and lived in despair and had so little in life, totally messed up life. He and his dog, he had a dog, dog didn't live in the house. He had an old truck, and the dog lived in the truck. <laughs> it just seemed to be right. <clears throat> and uh, that's the way he wanted it to be. And the story goes on. It doesn't stop there, but God so apprehended and involved him in the things of God, and uh, he became a man who started a drug recovery Work and ministry that was supported by the government and by our city. He became a household name in our community, outstanding leader in the community. It's known in British Columbia because of of the program that that he established. And this is what Jesus can do for a life. Somebody that's hopeless, helpless, cannot do it. And he started, not only did he start this, but he started a business. It became a successful business. He had a number of employees. And his employees were those who were recovering. And he helped many, many, many people to recover from drug addiction in our city and beyond our city. Isn't God good? How many of you are thankful for Jesus? Can you say amen? That's what Jesus can do. He came to save. Came to be God with us. You know, human beings can do so much. There is human help. But on a lot of issues, it's only God that can help. God bless you. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor.
1: Thank you for listening. Let's all stand. Let's respond to God. Thanks so much, Pastor Tim. I don't know about you, but uh, it's kind of like having uh, a very young-looking grandfather uh, sharing the Christmas story with us today uh, and seeing uh, us here today uh, responding to his message. Couldn't think of a better way as we end off our service today. I I had a grandfather uh, on my mom's side who was really good at sitting in his chair and sleeping. Okay. I remember him snoring a lot. I remember my, my, my paternal grandfather, who was really good at eating bananas. Uh, just you know, we, 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 you know he, he just always had a banana uh, with him and would, would eat that. But uh, I've never had a grandfather who would uh, sit in his chair and, and tell us the Christmas story. So I'm very, very thankful that we got Grandpa Tim uh, this morning uh, to share the Christmas story. Can you, can you, can you give uh, Pastor Tim a big hand today for doing just that? They're, they're such a blessing to us. Let's end today's service with every head bowed and every eye closed. You know, if there's a way that I could sum up the Christmas story for you in eight words, it would be, we need a savior. His name is Jesus. That is the Christmas story. We need a savior and his name is Jesus. It's that not just 2000 years ago did people need a savior, but here in December, 2017, people need a savior. You need a savior. I need a savior. And if you realize that today, then God is working in your heart, and we're just going to pray together in response to the message today. If you realize today that in this season of your life that you need Jesus Christ to be your Savior, I want you to raise your hand to heaven right now and just raise it to God as just a way for you to say, Jesus, this Christmas I want to be about you. Not just about shopping and drinking and partying and friends and family, even, but it's about you. It's about you and how you came to save us. And so if that's you, and you realize that you need a Savior, and you're thankful for that Savior, you realize today that you need Jesus in your life, then why don't you just raise your hand to heaven right now, and just start talking to God today. And in your own words, just start talking to Him today. Just say, thank you, God, for sending your son Jesus to save me. Thank you so much, God, for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And come on, church, just start talking to God right now. In your own words, just start talking to Him today. Just pray to God right now. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for giving us, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for our Savior today. Thank you, Jesus. Give you praise today. Give you thanks today. Thank you, God. There's none like you. Give you praise. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. We're so thankful, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name praise you God and if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior it's as simple as praying this prayer which I invite you to pray with me right now and if you prayed this prayer before I encourage you to pray it with those who are praying for the first time you can say Lord Jesus thank you thank you for coming to save me to save, me from sins, to save me from sin to save me from hopelessness, from hopelessness to save me from fear to save me from, fear, fear. Save me from, depression. Save me from depression you came to save me, and, to I save me. Today, and i say I today need i need come you into come into my life forgive me of my sins and make me a new person on the inside thank you for your love for me and i receive it today in jesus name i pray amen can you give god a big hand together in this place together right now amen one more thing we're going to do together right now is that this message that jesus came to save us isn't just for you it isn't just for me but it's for our city It's for every person in our city in Vancouver, in Richmond, all over Greater Vancouver. And we have an opportunity as a church this Christmas to share that message like never before. And so if there are people in your life that you know, and everyone is in this boat, you know there are people in your life who don't know Jesus, can I encourage you to pray for them right now? Can I encourage you to pray for them and, and, and pray that you would be able to invite them boldly to our Christmas services coming Sunday, our Christmas Eve services. Why don't you lift your hands to God today and just in your own words, start praying for those in your life who don't know Jesus yet start praying for them start praying for yourself that God would give you boldness to go and to invite them to our Christmas service this coming week that God will give you boldness to share Jesus with them can you do that together right now Why don't you raise your hands to heaven let's all pray a lot together at this place right now come on church, just start talking to God right now Jesus we thank you today for the message of Christmas we thank you God for the Savior that is jesus we ask you today holy spirit come and fill my friends today with boldness fill me today with boldness to talk about jesus with others to invite people to our christmas service we welcome you holy spirit we say lord there's none like you we need you god holy spirit come move in our lives today Jesus come we welcome you we need you we say there's none like you we say Holy Spirit come and move through our church this coming week move through our people this coming week that people who are far from you will get an invitation that people who don't know you they'd get an invitation that people who don't have a church they'd get an invitation and they'd be they'd come to know you for who you are Holy Spirit come thank you Father Come on, church, just with your hands raised, let the height of your hands reflect how much you want God to move through our church this coming week. Just let the height of your hands reflect how much you want God to move in the lives of your friends and family members who don't know Jesus, your coworkers, your classmates. Let the height of your hands reflect how much you want God to work in your life to make you a bold messenger of Jesus to others. Why don't you raise your hands to God right now as I pray and when you agree with what I pray, you give a big amen. Let's pray together as a church as I lead you. I'm just gonna say, Heavenly Father, just come into this place right now and fill my friends here with courage and boldness to share Jesus with others this Christmas. We pray, Lord Jesus, for our family members, our friends, our classmates, our co-workers, our neighbors, our entire city, that this Christmas would be a life-changing Christmas for them. It would be a life-changing Christmas for us, that we would see many people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior this coming Christmas. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the reason why we celebrate Christmas today and we invite you holy spirit to move powerfully through our christmas services next week that we would see thrive church at our very best leading others to jesus boldly courageously with your presence with your love with your hope because we know because of jesus the best is yet to come we thank you in jesus name we pray amen you've got a big hand a big shout in this place together right now